2: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here in LA for the Tank Davis fight. Old oh, man <laughs> in the studio because he doesn't travel. What he doesn't have to, yeah. and it's it's nice. Got the Perrier water on the set. You know, I, I miss all the the accessories that come with Blue Wire Studio. But you know, when duty calls, got to take a, a nice little traveling day. So I'm here in Los Angeles, but. It doesn't stop us from bringing you guys a show. Today is MMA because we can't recap the Tank Davis fight. It hasn't happened yet um, when we are recording this. So we're going to talk about the UFC. We're going to talk about the winning streak that is the Corner Podcast guest. Now we've reversed the curse. Now we're on a winning streak. And then we'll preview UFC pay-per-view coming up um, next week. It's in Vegas, so we'll preview that. Plenty to talk about on the MMA front. To start off, though, shout-out to Marcus Vanderberg, Reverse Rat Pack, who is just here, lives in L.A., came through, popped in real quick, pre-show, said what's up to Dre. And let Dre know another little tidbit about my life that spurred a 15-minute conversation before we got on air. Dre, you are amazed to learn that I never tie my shoes. All the times I put my DCs on the table, the close-ups by producer Cole baby. and you never known. No, I that didn't, I didn't tie my.
1: Shoes. I I knew you t- didn't tie your, your shoes. I just didn't know you hadn't tied them since seventh grade. there's a difference here.
2: Oh, that was the tidbit. Yeah, yeah, this- no, no, I haven't tied my shoes. You're
1: bearing the lead, no man. sneaker
2: has been tied since seventh grade. Like what kind of? I tie them in like little knots on the outside and then tuck them into the sides, so you'll never see me have like a bow in the front of my sneakers what's not one the, pair it doesn't matter what kind of sneakers i'm wearing
1: what's the ration well it, does, it doesn't matter because you only wear like
2: two kinds of sneakers DCs. it's not true i have tims I, I tuck my laces into my tims so you won't see me like tie my timbo's That's, up those are timberlands everybody, everybody knows that,
1: but this is this is dc's man you got like i said before we got on there you got
2: minecraft feet you got like blocks Two little blocks (laughs) with no laces. These DCs are fire. It's it's pretty. DCs are fire. You complimented me when I pulled up to the Haney fight. You complimented me. I was like, yo. Kind of a compliment. You're like, yo, is that one of the Express shirts? Yeah. Because I had the crispy Express shirt on. I just popped the tag off of it, even though my wife bought it for me two years ago, pre-pandemic. I had nowhere to go. So, yep. Came out crispy, express dress shirt, nice and fitted. And I was like, oh, yes, this is a nice shirt. But also, thank you, because you know what's on the feet. Black on black DCs with the dress gear. All right. That. It didn't look bad.
1: Yes, it did. Um, don't, don't like, don't defend this. You had you had a you had a button down on which which was impressive. I was like, oh look, Kel's got a, yeah. a button down from Express that he purchased two years ago, and you finally decided after all this time that today's the day I'm gonna wear an Express shirt. But then you decided to pair this with some DCs that aren't tied. I I don't know. Yeah, what to, I don't know. Those do are about also you not tied. Like, look, man, my nephews, my nephews turning 16. And he, you know, we argue about because all he wears is, like, sweats, sweats and hoodies, no matter what season it is. And I have to have this conversation about him growing up. And then I think about you. And then I'm like, well, he's about to turn 16. What's your excuse?
2: Uh, there isn't an excuse. I'm you. only about to turn 34. I don't know. Is there an age limit on this? I yeah, feel it, like I'm still in the age bracket. It was four. I'm actually in New York. Yeah, he's In New York, I'm going to try to hit up Big East Taylor to get a sports coat. We get like two of them, nice little blazer joints. I wear that with the Express shirts, nice jeans, black D.C.s. None of this matters, man. I'm just gonna continue to get fancier around the D.C.s. You can't because you just
1: you just devalue the whole fit by wearing the D.C.s. That's what happens. You didn't know these rules. Uh, these these are the rules. <laughs> Listen, man. Hey, talk to anybody. If you got a pair of dusty ass kicks on with some fresh gear, the only thing people pay attention to is them dusty ass kicks.
2: I keep them clean. They're not clean, they're ashy. They're like it's like next Friday. They're tens, but I keep them clean though. No. That's my, my DCs. I wipe them down. And, the and, wife just I mean, wipe down these crispy whites. Ugh. The white, the white on white DCs. Come on, man.
1: And you're wearing like nicer
2: clothes. Like, what are you doing? I am wearing nicer clothes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to take you guys' advice. We've talked about no, this on the show Don't say that. so much lately. Don't say I'm that. I'm trying to step up my wardrobe. I'm going to shop for myself. And get, like, blazers and all that. But it stops at the footwear. The shirt footwear. game is coming up. It stops at the footwear. I like to be comfortable. And I got to, really, though, I do a lot of walking at fights. Come on, man. It's not like I'm just sitting on press row all the time. Listen. I got to go to the back. I got to collect video. I need something comfortable on the feet. Do you drink Tang? So dress shoes ain't going to cut it. Do you drink Tang with your steak? I mean, Tang is delicious. Do I you could. drink it with your
1: steak? No. That's what you're doing with your outfit. No.
2: I went and got a steak. I got a porterhouse last night after the fight. What'd you drink I drank it? that again. I didn't get wine. They What'd brought me the wine menu. I didn't get wine. What'd they had get? a crazy, like, selection. I got something called, uh, I don't know. It was, like, called a prohibition or something. It was, like, a fancy what way it, of saying an old-fashioned.
1: But it wasn't a sunny delight, right?
2: It was not. It wasn't sunny D. It was not a Sunny that's,
1: that's gross, right? Honey, when, you, when you pair an expensive steak also delicious. with Sunny Delight, that's disgusting pairing. That's not a proper pairing. When you wear an express shirt with some DCs, it's not a proper pairing. You're disrespecting yourself. I need you to I stop. I can go
2: to a steakhouse and order milk I need with you my dinner to and stop be perfectly happy. Disrespecting
1: yourself. Have, have some respect, <laughs> man. Stop disrespecting yourself. <laughs> I'm
2: telling you the things that other no, people aren't. Other people see this. I'm, I'm listening. Do you not feel that I'm listening? No, because you still wearing get DC. a coat. If it's too cold in New York, if it's too cold in New York, I'll go to H and M downtown, midtown, and I might get a coat. I might buy a coat, not not like a real coat, not like a, the long, like fancy coat. But I'm gonna just get like you know, like a flight jacket. All right, man.
1: Uh, I've had enough of you. What kind
2: of coats do you own? I have lots of coats. I have leather jackets. Oh, see, this what—that's everyone's. Answer. I got a peacoat. Yeah, I can't pull off a peacoat. You would never even try that. How would you know? Too withy. You just made up a no, word. Pea This
1: is getting out of hand. You just made up a word as to why you can't wear a peacoat. <laughs> yeah, you're too, yeah. too witty. <laughs> too withy. I, I got to go home. Shoulder to shoulder. Why am I doing this shoulder then? <laughs> What's the point of doing it? Why am I doing this? This man just said, I'm too withy. Withy.
2: Spell that. Is there a D in there? There's some type of hyphen somewhere in there. There's a hyphen. The, yes, yes. With hyphen y, we're just gonna go with that. With e. Oh my! For for the peacock.
1: Oh lord.
2: Yeah. How I did, don't think it. You know. How did I end again? Up with you, you don't have these these troubles and strifes. You don't understand having to fit these shoulders. Stop it! Cut it into, out. Aj into fabric.
1: Aj's Aj's a Y cat. My man's
2: dresses to the nines.
1: There's no excuse
2: for you. Aj dresses great. Yeah. He's still ain't as wide as me mm. again, which mm. is why I pulled E to the side. I was like, Yo, E, that suit is really well cut. Like, where do you go? He's like, Yo, I got this guy in New York. Listen, man. You're more So that's that's why I need to take advice. Like you're more a regular human being than Big E. So of course. Yes. So that's why like his guy would definitely be like, Oh, this is easy. His guy is seeing, yo, like, you could, he got to get the, the pectorals into everything. You're veering no, you off the path.
1: You're veering off the path. You just said you were too withy to wear a peacoat.
2: Yeah, yo. That's it, not would, that's it wouldn't, that's wouldn't like, close. No. That's,
1: yes, it would. You could get a peacoat. God damn it, Kel. I'm so sick No, but
2: shit. then it'd be big as hell everywhere else. You, man, it's, you, it's too much. you just making. I can't explain how are you the logistics of a peacoat to you. You're just making shit up now. I've tried one on. When? Tried one on. What year was we this? Hot, like. Three years ago. You're lying. Those in Chelsea boots. You are lying. Everyone
1: had peacoats and Chelsea boots. You did not try on a peacoat. I don't believe this for a minute. I
2: tried one. No, I bought one uh-uh. for my nope. wife. I bought nope. her a coat the same day. You tried on your wife's peacoat. She P-coat. tried to buy me a peacoat. You
1: tried on your wife's peacoat. You I did didn't not try on you that. didn't try she on a peacoat for coats. you.
2: You yeah, it's because she's smart. On. Your wife is wise. You're fashionable. She also has boots. She ties her sneakers. Yeah, we she talk? does a lot of things tonight. What else we
1: got to talk about? I'm tired of talking about your fashion choices. I don't, I don't even know if our listeners are still entertained this, by this or this just feeling sorry. Started hey, you need to start because a cash Marcus app. Marcus Vandenberg brought that up. We need a cash app for you for fashion <laughs> Just or OnlyFans. are going to be mad. Yo, we're going to start a Kel Dance Be OnlyFans only <laughs> where, <you, laughs> where people I'm subscribe OnlyFans. Only and I to get way, more clothes. Yes, you put on more clothes <laughs> and people will subscribe because it's like a donation for you to wear proper clothes. <laughs> We're gonna get that's Yo. it. That is it. We are getting that's you in OnlyFans. It. We are only at, fans, yes. And so, OnlyFans. people will just see me in coats, yeah, and like more clothes, yeah, and more, more clothes, clothes are better suits, dress Yo, shoes. The, as the tier goes no. up, as the tier goes up, the fancier the clothes get. No DCs. Oh if you don't want to see Kel and DCs 19 a month, we get a, a few hundred of those. We got a hundred of those. We're getting you a pea coat. I'll be. OnlyFans for Kel Danzy. Yes, yeah, I figured mo, it out.
2: Slow mo tying my shoes. Um, yo, i buy a pair of Jordans and just tying them. Yo, we're real gonna, slow. We're gonna, we're gonna on make camera. This, we're
1: gonna make this even better because we're gonna get I'm gonna buy an ad read on Blue Wire and I'm gonna voice the ad read for you to have an OnlyFans. <laughs> Fucking inception, man. It's gonna happen. We're doing this. Oh, the OnlyFans. Only yes. We're doing it OnlyFans. only,
2: an fans. only fans, yes. To clothe
1: Kel. Yes, to put you in At- proper attire. And your subscription dictates what he wears. We treat you like a sim.
2: <laughs> I think you might be on to something. See, this opening segment wasn't even supposed to be about me, though. This is where, you made it where about we you. Left. When you said you haven't tied saw- your shoes in seven years, you made this segment about you. Marcus dug deep into my what. I'm wearing, and my DCs, he was talking about the fat tongue on the DCs and why he's weird, and he was like, yo, you didn't even tie your sneakers. I was like, I don't tie my sneakers, and that's how we went down this route.
1: Yeah, okay, let's move on. But we're, Played we're, football
2: all my life, never tied a cleat. All our it's listeners fine, out there, you.
1: If, you, if you're on the, the tweeter, go ahead and respond and say you would subscribe. Tell, tell us what dollar amount you would jump in on, the Kell OnlyFans, to dress this man. <laughs> I'm going to put you in clothes <laughs> in 2021. This will be the first and only OnlyFans where a man's dresses up.
2: It's Not like that. the opposite of Faye Jackson's OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah, nobody. Faye's gonna send me to the wholesome crew. Yes, can't even be on the creep squad. Nah, you don't deserve that. <laughs> Hilarious. We were supposed to come on here and talk about something I saw in your timeline. What? And this was supposed to be a culinary opening segment. Oh, I know what you're talking opening about the segment. The, poor, the, before it,
1: the yeah. poor, uh the poor white girl that found the Seven Up cake was like, "What was? It? What is this, sweetheart? Just
2: discovered Seven <laughs> Up cake." It's a 7-Up cake. You've never seen one of these before? I will let you know, though. To be real. Oh, no. Is a 7-Up cake a 7-Up cake if it ain't upside down? That's like a pineapple cake. Well, yeah. Is a pineapple cake really a pineapple cake if it ain't upside down? I'm not a baker. I don't give a shit. Does it taste good? That's all I care about. Look.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, look. All I know is I saw this. Yo, Twitter is fantastic because I don't think people just tore apart. They just kind of schooled her. It. it was like, oh, wait. First of all, you're buying a 7-Up cake at the grocery store. That's your first mistake. It has to be homemade. Yeah. You don't buy 7-Up
2: cake. It looks anymore. delicious, though.
1: Yeah, but you know, cakes at, like, the, the grocery store, wherever you're at, they look great. And then you cut into it and you're like, mm, this ain't it. Ain't nothing like a, a good homemade or black-made cake. You know, a dope baker. 7-Up cakes are spectacular.
2: You know? Oh, my God. Like, I remember... And, again, I had a lot of my stuff, like, buying from supermarkets and stores because my mom would work all the time. And my mom could bake, so and she listened to the show, so I ain't going to front on her. Like, she can bake, and when she wants to, she get busy. But I remember meeting my ex-wife, and then, like, the first time I went to L.A., to meet her family, and her grandma owned, like, a little bakery, and she would bake every day. She'd wake up before going into work and bake and like, red velvets and everything. But her specialty was the 7-Up cake. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you she pumped out like four of these a day, I ate an entire cake by myself. It probably couldn't have been good for my then football body mm-hmm. and performance. But I'm pretty sure it was like the offseason, I crushed this cake. And That was like my first time like having 7-Up cake, like homemade 7-Up cake. I was like, oh, this is a game changer. Yeah. Just like Red Velvet. Red Velvet, if it ain't made in somebody's kitchen by somebody granny, ain't the same. And I love red velvet cake.
1: There, there is a uh, nothing bun cakes makes a really good red velvet, velvet cake. Nothing bun cakes makes banging ass cakes. So, but yeah, I do like those. But uh, the small ones. I've never had the big one. Yeah, we get like me and my wife get them every year. Like whoever's birthday it is, we don't care. It's like you like, you getting a bun cake. <laughs> <laughs> like you're just getting a bun cake because we like them. I don't care if you like them. We like them. For my birthday though, I get a cheesecake. That's a whole other story. But yeah, man, seven. It's, it's like a cultural explosion on social media. Because if you come in with the right attitude and she's like, What is this? It's a seven up cake, like you know, it was a joke to her at first. And then like Black Twitter was like, Oh, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> listen, baby girl. <laughs> we we sit gotta sit down right uh, here. <laughs> smart up. We gotta smart you up right quick to what a seven, 7 up cake is. Now hopefully there's somebody in the area that will bake her a seven up cake, and I'd love to see this be content <laughs> of her trying oh, a seven up cake.
2: A real seven up cake. Yeah,
1: a real seven up cake. Change her life.
2: Yeah, change, change of life. life. It's just incredible. I remember, <laughs> I have a friend. We went over his crib for a, like, you know, it might have been football. Fired up the grill. We were still young, 21, and usually burgers, hot dogs, brats. It's football day, right? Some beers drinking. He was like, "Yo, I'm buying chicken. Not like wings. Just gonna do chicken." Like, All right, cool, whatever. Throw chicken there. Thought maybe a drunken chicken. He bought a pack of chicken breasts. Open up the pack. <laughs> Threw it on the grill. He using it
1: from pack. He ain't to clean grill. it. He ain't clean it
2: from pack you, to the grill. You didn't touch it, did you? I looked at it. Oh my God. I to the point. I was amazed. I wanted to see how it looked when it cooked because I've never seen chicken cooked without some seasoning on. Like does it still turn brown? Like what if what is the final? And when I tell you, it is pale white with brown marks. And it was done. Oh. I was like this is incredible.
1: Did you try? So things?
2: there's some people that don't know no better. Did no, you? I couldn't eat that. Oh. <laughs> like <laughs> there's levels. That's where I draw the line. I I'll I... wear horrible clothes if people say I wear horrible clothes, I'll be cheap. Ugh. I you know me the only thing I care about is food and culinary delights. I cannot do that.
1: Yo, I I'm I mean clean your chicken. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like you you know, oh my god. I'm not even a cook at all, right? Like my wife cooks, I don't do anything. But I, I will make some chicken in the heartbeat. And I'll and I'll throw it in, you season it, you rinse it up. It's just being cleanly, like
2: uh. Ugh. It was like, what? And like not all the it was like it just I was like, "What does that taste like? Like, it tastes like chicken." He looked at me like I was weird. Nah, man, that, that's that's I just watched. That is grounds for the civil war,
1: right? <laughs> like, you got to pick a side at this point. Like, we can't we can't kick it no more. If you out here not cleaning your meat and then not putting any seasoning on it, yo, you
2: got to pick a side. Sir, we gonna do? I would have changed his life with some paprika, just a little bit of paprika. Yo, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. Fuck up his whole life.
1: Yeah, man, I would thought
2: his first twenty-one years was a fraud mm. on this earth. I would have got him. I would have got a musket and shot him. <laughs> like, like, like there's, there's people out there that don't know no better. But again, and this is what I want to ask you: When has there been a time like when? Because for everyone, there's been a time where culturally you go to someone else's crib who's a different culture or something, and they put you up on something, and you're like, "Yo, oh, how good. the hell have I not been?" Privy to this in my life, not something bad. Oh, something bad. You just walk out.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'll <laughs> give you. I'll give you a bad one just for the hell of it. Uh, my wife's friend at work. She's white, and her, her uh, oh, and her. <laughs> for starters, look red flag immediately because you know where this might be going. You might not though. Uh, and her, her, they have a cat. They had cats. Now look, we, me and my wife used to have cats. I don't care that that, that was my problem. She invited us over for You're a cat person. Used to be. Man. Um, yeah, I like cats, man. They, you know. They they're very territorial and uh, you know bond with my cat. That's not the you're bearing the Yeah, Stop. I knew you were weird. Okay, continue. Uh, but so she invited us over for dinner, right? Now one, they like I don't want to call them woke white people because I hate the word, but they were just very much like they they knew their shit, right? So we we'd always have like conversations about politics or whatever. So she's like, oh, come over for dinner. Now the first thing that happened before, because uh, they had all these movies, right? And the first red flag was, the, he was like, I've never seen The Wire, her husband. like, I've never seen, We've never seen The Wire. And I was like, why not? And Scott, is, his name was Scott. He was very honest. And he was like, well, at the time when it came out, you know, because both, both of them came from like racist parents, <laughs> and our parents were like, there were too many black people, so we didn't watch it. And I was like, I didn't know this was a thing, right? I didn't know it was a thing that somebody could watch something like, oh, their parents are like, too many black people turn this shit off. And they never watched The Wire. And from that point, I was like, okay. So culturally, we're coming from different places. here. Now, granted, you're learning. So as they're cooking the food, me and my wife are sitting there. And the cats are walking on the countertops where the food is being prepared.
2: I said, yo. This is why I do not eat certain people's food. Again, I don't eat where people got cats. That's rule number one. I don't trust cats in life. But cats then just get into a bunch of shit. Dogs will stay on the floor. Cats have no sense of personal space.
1: Yo, my cats, nope. my cats, when when I had cats, they wouldn't do that. But the cats were walking on the countertop where the food was being prepared, and me and my wife just kind of looked at each other, and I was like, Mm-mm, "We gotta go." I was like, "Yo, there's gotta be, there's somebody got shot at home. Like somebody fell off a mountain. We gotta get out of here. We had to figure this one out." <laughs> We bailed on dinner, and for that we, like we never ate at their house, because they had cats walking on their counters while the food was being prepared. Now, if anybody knows cats, cats go to litter boxes where they cover their, their feces up with their paws, and they don't wash their hands, they don't wash their paws no. when they're done with this. <laughs> these, these cats went from litter box to countertop as the food is being prepared. They're walking on cutting boards.
2: Yeah, I've out. seen people crack the can of kitty food, bomb, put it right there while they're chopping. Yeah, I can't. No, nah, man, i just—we gotta separate that. I am. Um, so, so that, people are wrong. That's that the bad. So that's why you can't eat at everybody potluck.
1: No, oh no, yeah, Potlucks? you can't do that because I don't know how your food, where it came from, who prepared it. I don't know what went into that. Yeah. The one thing, my cousin, uh, Jamel, I love him to death. Jamel lives in New York and he lives in the Bronx. Now look. Jamel's like my first cousin he used to take care of me when I was little, and they live in Jersey now for whatever reason Jamel has turned into a full-blooded Puerto Rican right he's dark he's darker than you, but he speaks it's also like he's just full-blooded Dominican Puerto Rican
2: Welcome right? to the club Jamel yeah it,
1: and you know he was born like that just kind that was his environment so he ended up like that uh he used goya in everything and, Okay. and uh corn he would put corn in everything. <laughs> Now he's sounding like he's a full blown Dominican. But that's Yeah. Right. And that was my first time. He was like, he was making spaghetti and it was corn in the spaghetti. And I was like, wait, hold yeah, on.
2: He definitely learned that from Washington Heights. Yeah, he's I was a like, different type of the Bronx than me.
1: me. Me and my wife looked at each other and we tried it and it was delicious. Now, after he did that, we had we 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 were some this is years ago. He was like, Oh, let's have a snack. And he was like, I got some hamburger helper. And I was like, All right, throw some hamburger helper on. He was like, oh, I got to run to the store and get some corn. I was like, you don't need to do that. He did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we had like we had like beef noodle with corn. Everything had corn in it. There was nothing in his house that was not made with corn. But it was fantastic. I don't do <laughs> it. It was delicious. I, I just, I never thought of that. I was like, I never thought of this. Why would I do this? Why would I put corn in everything? Spaghetti, pasta, hamburger helper. But yeah, I had no idea. Like, that was I was hanging out with him and that, yeah, it was it was delicious. He seasoned it just yeah, right. He's bugging. He, I mean, the season <laughs> was on point. Yo, it, like, he had the rosary bead hanging up. I was like, yo, what? What happened to you? But you know, I love him to death. But I was just like, you've become
2: full Dominican. I ain't gonna lie to you though. And listen, this is how I grew up. I could be impartial, being half Puerto Rican, half black. Goya adobo is better than seasoning salt. So yes, if he puts adobo and everything, so I,
1: I, that's what fire. I took. That's what I took. I went home. We ordered that shit on yep. Amazon like for years. If you come to my house, you look. There's always some goya adobo somewhere in the crib.
2: That's always. it. Got to get the red top, not the yellow top. Yes, the red red top. top. Yep, fire. Yeah, no, way better than seasoned salt. So I get it. The corn, he lost me all. but we've all been there, so I understood. I was like, oh, this chick, and she got you know put on to game with the seven up cake. I remember I went. Um, shout out to my kids' godmother, Siggy, and I went to her crib in high school, and she's Filipino. And when I tell you, I went over there for Super Bowl. When I tell you this shit blew my mind, one, it was my first time having ponce, which is delicious in itself, right? So I was having ponce, I was like, okay, this is good. When they brought out the trays of lumpia. I was like, is this an egg roll? Everybody stop. Everybody. Whoever you were talking, the game about the game coming on, everyone stopped and looked at me. I was like, oh shit, i done said something wrong. I was like, these are not egg rolls. I was like, I was like, all right, my bad. It was like, look, I thought it was like the cocktail weenie of an egg roll. Like version of it. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's just a tiny egg roll. They're like, these are not egg rolls. I was like, all right, what? I was like, cool. They brought out the sauce. I was like, Yo, I'm gonna try one. I had to eat in like sixty lumpia that day. Damn! And to this day, oh, I got a Filipino spot on deck. Anywhere I move in Vegas, yo, where's the Filipino spot? Because there's you never know, and you got to just get a hundred lumpia, and just chill and eat them during the game. A <laughs> yeah. hundred goes quick, quick. Filipino food was like the the ah uh, moment for me coming to Vegas because there's no Filipino food in the Bronx. No. None at all. It's the Chinese spot. Yeah. How many Filipinos?
1: And they sell right chicken there? wings. Like how many Filipinos? I Dikashi, count them on one hand. Was the did 69 live in the Bronx? Is he Filipino? I he think he's Dominican. Is he? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I think he's, he's Mexican. He's not
2: even Filipino. Oh, shit. Yeah, but he might be Mexican. I tried. To be honest, they damn sure he's Filipino. I, I I hadn't met Filipino people until I moved. The, the Bronx is weird because we got so many different, or New York City, right? Like there's so many different cultures. But there's also a lot of cultures out there are just not prevalent at all. Yeah. So, yeah, no, nah, like I didn't meet a Filipino person until I came to Las Vegas. And I was like, you, your food is amazing. Like, this is the best thing ever. And I'll try anything. So now, like, shout out to my kid's godmother and, like, a bunch of my friends from high school and all that. they would be like, oh, who's cooking? Your mom's cooking? Yeah, say less. I'll be over there, I need three plates. I treat it like when I go to your crib. Yeah, and, uh, I'm eating, and I'm taking food home. Just know. Now their mom's nose, like, all right, I got to make Kel his own tray. Because that's, that's going to be his to just take home. Because Filipino food, yo, it changed my life. So I understand it. They probably looked at me, and even people who grew up on the West Coast, probably always were around, like, some Filipino restaurant, or Hawaiian food is the same. No Hawaiian food spots. And in New York, so they probably looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is so amazingly good. Like, we eat this all the time. She blew my mind. So I understand it. She don't understand 7-Up Cake. I wonder how she feels about, like, grits. Now I just need her to taste everything black, this chick on Twitter. Like, just lean into the gimmick.
1: Content. This, is, this has now become content because now we have to give her everything. She's going to have to eat some chitlins. Everything. She has to eat chitlins. I, I will not eat chitlins. <sighs> Why my, are you trying to score? No, you, my mom. Don't score yo, this point. My girl. mom for Thanksgiving. Then we can take a break. because We gotta talk about the OC for Thanksgiving. My mom came over and we like did all the food. I didn't mention this part. I was like, she was like, I've been up since like three a.m. I was like, what are you doing? She was like, I was cleaning chitlins for my husband, and I was like, and she didn't bring him over. She's like, I wasn't gonna bring him over, but I was like, yo, that's love, because have you ever smelled chitlins
2: before? No. No, I've never been in the vicinity of a chitlin
1: in my life. They're they're gross. And my mom spent seven hours
2: cleaning chitlins on Thanksgiving. Don't they shrink to like almost nothing? So you got to make like a stupid amount of them? Yeah, and they look like wet t-shirts. Like when you put them
1: all together, they look like folded wet t-shirts. They're disgusting. But my mom spent seven hours cleaning them. Cleaning them. Not eating them, cleaning them.
2: They're intestines. I'm assuming you're cleaning intestines, yeah. 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 Uh uh. ah, uh. yeah. they so, can't taste good. Oh, I know people just put mad hot sauce on it.
1: Yeah, you know, they were talking about that at the, at the house and my mom and my father my stepfather, and they were all like, Yeah, chitlins. I was like, Nope. That's one thing I just won't try. But old oh, girl, if she's gonna try seven upcake, all the delicious stuff, you gotta eat the bad stuff too. <laughs> you gotta do everything. You gotta do it you gotta, all.
2: You, you can't just do the delicious black culture nah, you stuff. Can't. You, you can't gotta, just you you gotta can't try take all everything. our sweets.
1: Can't take all our sweets. You gotta take sweets. Feet. The, the
2: pig feet. Yeah, I can't. Ooh, pig feet. Oh, that's also horrible. My grandma loves pig feet. My my grandma in New York. She just had. She made some pig feet. That's
1: horrible. There's a lot of
2: like, again, not growing up. And we'll go to break in a second. But me not growing up, uh, predominantly with my black side of family, and just going over there for like holidays and stuff. But like not being in the household all the time, I don't have like a lot of the same experiences as like everyone else growing up. So like I have a ton of Puerto Rican food and all that stuff. So outside of the musical choices, when people laugh at me about not knowing a ton of 70s, 80s, R&B music, um, it's the food. And I remember I still don't understand black eyed peas for New Year's because, like, black eyed peas don't taste good to me. I, I'm not like, Do people care. eat this just because it's a tradition or because yes. it's tasty? Because mm. I don't think it tastes good, really. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I, I don't
1: necessarily care for them. Sue me. I don't care.
2: see good i'm not the only weirdo like there's like a lot of stuff where i'm just like i'm not sure people really like this yeah like they just do it because they do it because yeah chitlins nobody like chitlins. nobody my mother i grew up in spanish like i'm not eating manulo for all my spanish people out there like nah like um people i love tacos but people get some weird ass tacos Yes, like, are. I'm not going in there and getting like the lengua and the, the lengua is not horrible, but like the cabeza and like the tripe, the tripe, and all that. I'm not eating none of those tacos. Like, nah. Like, just because you put guacamole on something, don't mean it's edible. No, not at all. Ugh. No, I pass on that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad this young woman was introduced to the joy that is summoning up cake. Okay, somebody get her a peach cobbler stat. Yeah. Because that is, that is. The, the the, crown jewel of the black baking community. Nothing's better than peach cobbler. Mm,
1: if debatable. we had a bracket. That's
2: debatable. That, that's a one seat. That's Alabama right now.
1: Wow. Well, is
2: the peach cobbler. I'm not going to debate it. There ain't nothing topping that. We ain't got time. You're not a cobbler guy? Uh, No, I
1: like cobbler. I just don't, you know, it's not better than upside down cake. i pine a seven up cake. Yeah. You
2: know? Okay, that's fair. I feel like more people make good 7-Up cake and upside-down cake than more people make good cobbler. That's you awesome. really got to go somewhere and find, like, people make really shitty peach cobbler. And it'll just ruin your whole day if you order it and it's whack. Yeah. But when you find a good one, it's, it's the upper echelon. So, now, nah, shout-out to this young woman. Hopefully we uh, inspire others to broaden their horizons. I am... Going to broaden mind when I can find new cultural dishes and I go overseas and everything. The only thing I refuse to eat is grits. So uh, to all my black folks listening and everyone who supports the pod, I love y'all. But I eat grits. Tastes like cardboard.
1: You ain't had them right.
2: Mushy mushy cardboard. Nah. And if I did eat grits, I'd put sugar in them. Sue me. I am that guy. I'm healed through and through. So we, we appreciate y'all. Let's the break. We got to come back. We got to talk Evan May. And uh, combat sports. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
1: Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast The NFL Road Show
2: Right, we are back. Enough of the food talk. Time to talk. People getting punched in the face. Dre, we had UFC fight night, Vegas. I think it was 44. Excuse me if I get the number wrong, but just past this past weekend, the streak continues. It was looking shaky at first. Clay Guida, the first thing we have to talk about, Leonardo Santos. Santos almost stops him in the first round. Yeah. Where watching it during the Haney fight, you're like, look, I'm like. No, not again. We can't go back here. Glitter, weather, Glitter weathers the storm, comes back out. And like he told me, he'll take his wrestling over jiu-jitsu every day. He wasn't scared to go to the ground. Get Santos on the ground, takes his back, chokes him the hell out. And that was a deep choke.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was crazy because I can't remember what fight was in the ring. It wasn't Montana Love. I can't remember which one it was. But as soon as I looked down, because you know I saw you know Clay and the hair bouncing, I looked in the ring, and then I looked down, and Santos is hitting with hammer fist. And he's looking at the referee to stop the fight, and I was like, "Oh!" And that's when I turned my screen to you, and I was like, "Well, he's he's taking an L. I I turned my screen back; was still hitting him. He's still looking at the ref, and Clay is moving his head. And the ref's like, "Hey, man, stop looking at me. Do your do your job." I look back up; <laughs> fight with something happened. It might have been the it was either Love or the McCaskill fight, one of those two. I started paying attention. Then I looked down, and Clay Guida's got his back and sinking in a rear naked choke. I was like, oh, the streak is – and then, then I saw my message on
2: Twitter. The streak is alive. <laughs> good for Clay Guida. I mean, people love it now. Yeah, yeah. good for Clay Guida. Um, it got him the 50K, too. Got the performance bonus. Yeah, good, I mean, so, yeah, good for So, 40th Clay. birthday next week. Nothing better than a 40th birthday present with 50K in the pocket. Yeah. Still don't get paid enough, but yeah. Definitely not, but he's a vet, so maybe. And he's winning. well. Yeah. You're not going to PFL or Bellator anytime soon. No, nah. you you in your 40s, and this was one of those opponents where, like you say in the heavyweight division and everything, where it's like, okay, now we got to give you someone real. We yeah. we got to test if you're hitting the Glover Teixeira late late career run, yeah. or if this is just a you're more than a little more than a gatekeeper yeah. type of
1: thing, a little smoking meal. or you're Andre Olavsky. So. Like you, like we come on, exactly.
2: So yeah. So it's 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 one of those where it's like okay Clay happy to see that um, there was just a crazy streak of finishes Chris Curtis versus Brendan Allen Chris Curtis gets to finish there
1: he's he's had between the UFC and Indies the regional scene he's had like six or seven fights this year and yeah. he, he gets another stoppage and I'm like yo this dude might be like rookie of the year
2: he's legit he looks the part if I'll, any when you watch a fight you be like yo this guy looks. Like he's a elite level fighter. Yeah, he has to prove it. Yeah, I he mean, looks the
1: part. Yeah, I didn't expect that, but I had I was looking because I saw when he won, I was like, I don't think I picked him, and then because he's on like a series or whatever, and then I looked and I was like, yo, he's had like six, seven fights this year. Good for him. Uh, yep. yeah,
2: proud. Might be rookie of the year, man, because that that's in a pretty incredible yeah. run. It's good. It's clicking for him. His last fight was a great stoppage. Um, you know, eight losses on his record, but think about MMA is like. You don't know when it clicks. Yeah, you. And you, once it clicks, if you go on a run, yeah. you you end up real hot, real fast.
1: Cats just lose, right? Like that's just what it is. Some cats just they lose a few fights and they
2: figure it out. They, there's that's no the Masvidal there's, way behind it. Like Jorge yeah. Masvidal just lost. Well, it you was know, like, yo, he just figured it out.
1: He's well, he's always been kind of a journeyman. Like, let's just be real. But I'm talking about other fighters. It's like you're, you're thrown into the deep end in MMA. There is really no shallow end. You know, you're not getting a title yeah. shot immediately, but if you win three or four fights, you're getting close to the title picture. There's really no soft touches. The one thing I do love about the UFC and MMA in general. So if you lose a few fights and you learn some technique and you go on a nice little run, you're right back in the title picture. Who cares about how many losses you have? Glover Teixeira had yeah. won a ton of fights when he lost to John Jones. Then he had a little shaky run and then he figured it out as a 40-year-old, 42-year-old. And now he's champ. He's 42 now. 42-year-old yeah. <laughs> champ. So yes. I don't care about them losses, man. I I don't. But I'll say that, and I, I'll call Masvidal a journeyman. And they'll be like, well, what about Masvidal? And he's lost. But yeah, Masvidal, he's hasn't really beaten a ton of elite fighters. Like, he beat Ben Askren. He beat Darren Till, who we can't really, eh, You
2: know what I'm saying? I mean, at the time, he beat the guys he had to beat. No, he. I mean, he won. And it looked he won. promising, but then, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's,
1: he's, you know. he's Beat not- Nate. Again, journeyman. Saying, You know what I'm saying? Like, glorified journey. Like, he's, you know, he's a star, but come on. Can't be the... And Nate's a little bit different because, like, Nate knocked off Cowboy when Cowboy was on his nice little run. Nate knocked off Gray Maynard when Maynard was on his nice little run. Nate has some quality wins. Masvidal knocked out Ben Askren. Masvidal beat Nate Diaz with a cut, but he was winning that fight. But he's never really put it together. You know what I'm saying? But other fighters, you... Lose a few fights and then you go on a nice streak and very impressive. It it clicks and you
2: know looks like Chris Curtis is one of those guys. I agree. And then um we have Jamal Hill. Yeah, I said he was gonna knock him out, but damn, <laughs> Jimmy Crue. jeez, get him out of here. Uh, he's the real deal. He hit him with a short right hand.
1: Yeah,
2: it wasn't even loading up. It was just on the button. Boom, out, and it was quick. And, you know, outside of, well, it was like an injury in the one fight for Jamal Hill. And then he had like his little trip up. But again, people lose. It happened. But he came back and he shows like he's a player in that division.
1: Yeah. It don't take much. It don't take much. Man has, what is he, nine? He's nine and one. He's young. He only lost to Paul Craig by that submission. And since then, I mean, not even since then. This is the first fight back from that. But he's got power. And you can't change things, especially in light heavyweight division. It's not like a ton of technique. I'm not saying that these guys aren't great grapplers. I mean, but outside of, like, when John was there, you know, obviously Jan is there. But even Jan doesn't have, like, like superior – like, you look at Charles Oliveira, which we're going to talk about, a guy that's improved yeah. every facet of the game. At light heavyweight, if you got power, eh, chances are you can win.
2: who carry you a long way. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, Jan like, – like, um, like, I mean, again, Glover beat Jan. Technique, right? Not that Jan is, doesn't yeah. have technique, but Glover had better technique. But if you have power – doesn't matter. We all thought Rumble could no. beat John Jones because he touched his chin at one time.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the closest you can get to beating John Jones because no one's going to out technique him. Nope. like you said, nobody. So it was like you you got to catch him with that one punch. Yep, just put the lights out. So, yeah, I mean that's why Francis is such an intriguing matchup if they ever meet each other. Yep, like Cyril Gain is like cool. I mean, but so quiet as kept. Just, Cyril could beat Ingun. No, I mean he could. He could beat Ngano, but I'm talking about like if he went on to face Jones after that, it's like, all right, but you're not gonna out technique John. I don't care how good of a kickboxer you are. He has too many weapons. Yep. So it's like I had picked John to beat him. But with Francis, it's like he has the great equalizer.
1: Yeah. Fascinating
2: stuff. And it's one of the yeah, it's one of the what ifs. Um, next fight, another
1: Told you Faziv another finish here. Fazeev is Faziv, Brad (laughs) Riddle. (laughs) <laughs> that wheel kick the setup on the wheel kick the stance switch oh bravadel looked he tested it he was like mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, he like took a step back but he was right in the wheel kick range and he ate one fazeev striking is i said it was really good he showed it again he's a problem in this division
2: anybody wants to strike
1: with him you're in for a hell of a night
2: bravadel found out the hard way take him down <laughs> at yep. this point when i saw that i was like what take him down because again, everything it's one thing hoping someone walks into something or being a counter puncher, sprawl and brawl guy. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but when people are calculated in MMA, you can just see and you'd be like, yo, that's scary. Yeah, like when Wonder scary. Boy was on his run. Yep. And it was like, everything is calculated. You yep. look at Adesanya. he's just not throwing shit and countering. Everything is calculated. There's the feints, the setups. He knows when he has you. That shit's scary. So that's what I saw here. So I was like, oh yeah, Fazib. I was like, that that was a great performance in that spot. Yeah, definitely. And now he need to take those skills like a pay-per-view card and start building this guy. Um, main event. Jose Aldo versus Rob Font. Found the fountain of youth.
1: Nah, he, I no, mean, he found what two he could do. With, ago, he, could, he found what he could do as an older man. That's it. It's not even fountain of youth. He found what he found. He knew his limitations, and now he's fighting with his limit. Like he doesn't blow his gas tank. Like I said, he's not going to blow it out trying to get him out of there. He's going to take his time because he knows how to pace himself. He realizes he's yep. not as fast as he used to be. Like he's not a, as explosive as he was in WEC, but his technique is better. His jab is better. Yeah, Rod Font's a good fighter. He fifty forty five them, right? Almost finished him twice.
2: Yeah. Yep. Font got one round on like one card.
1: Yeah, I don't even know how he got that round. I watched the fight back and I was like, mm, I didn't give him any rounds. But Jose Aldo is, uh, what do you do? I mean, I know what, what I like. I like call out. Yeah, the Dillashaw call out
2: makes a ton of sense. The Dillashaw call out, but makes no sense for Dillashaw. No. I think Dillashaw can wait and get a title shot.
1: Maybe. Yeah, it's just if you're, if you're a fighter and you're looking at Jose Aldo right now, you're like, damn, I don't, I don't think I want to fight this guy. He's figured it out. Like he had a midlife he had a mid yeah, midlife crisis in the octagon. Like a lot of <laughs> fighters do. They they don't realize that they they can't do what they used to do and they got to change. Yep. He got past that. Now he's not like a guy that you could just beat. I know like Jan and a lot of those guys go, "Uh, eh, you know, I don't want to see him again. I beat him. I don't want to see him again." At Bantamweight? Like you said, Aljo? Yeah. You know, Dominic Cruz fights this weekend, you know, which Completely disrespectful. That's a good fight. Yeah, it's it's just disrespectful how low that Dominic Cruz is on this card. He's fighting Pedro Munoz. (laughs) And not even the feature fight on the prelim. But anyway. But that's a good fight. Two legends going at it. All right, cool. There was a time Cruz was top three pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Injuries
2: limited. And people were clamoring for that fight. Yeah. A super fight between these two.
1: So ultimately, it's... uh, Jose Aldo did what I thought Jose Aldo would do. But he just looked damn good doing it, so... Good for him. We'll see Jose probably back in the octagon, I would assume, somewhere in like March, April, next year. Yeah. Picking the spots.
2: I mean, he's looking great, and he's a fight away from a title shot damn near again. Yep, perhaps. He if he team. gets that Dillashaw fight, he's a fight away. Yeah, if he gets so, that Dillashaw fight. Yep, you're right. Yeah, so, I mean, he's in an amazing position. These these WC force, old veteran guys, not done yet. It's crazy. We were seeing these people fight 13, 14 years ago.
1: Yep,
2: Still going. It's about to be 2022. Title contention, champions. MMA is a weird place, man. Um, let's take our break. Come back. Preview UFC 269 going down in Vegas. We'll wrap up our show with that. A lot of good fights on the card. I, it's probably the best combat sports card of that weekend, but I'll be at Lomachenko in New York um, and catch as much of it as I can. So don't go anywhere. Be right back after this.
0: Pelé leaned in and said something to Freddie.
1: Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you
2: special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could
0: change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts.
2: All right, everybody, we are back. Time to wrap up the show by talking about UFC 269. Good pay-per-view here for the UFC to end the year. Dre, like you said, the preliminary card on this is pretty damn good Yeah, for a prelim card. Yeah, so we got to start there. Jordan Wright, Beverly Hills Ninja, friend of the pod. <laughs> this <laughs> was a fight that was postponed because we had a shitty curse on our show <laughs> where no one could make it to fight night or people would get beat. So since we are on a winning streak here on the show due to guest I'm going to count him on that. I'm taking Jordan Wright to beat Bruno Soa, Um to open up the prelims this upcoming weekend.
1: Same here. I mean, I have no re- other reason other than he was on this show. So there's that.
2: No, call That's, me, that's all we need. I don't care. Yeah, that's, that's all we need. Uh, Augusto Sakai versus Tai Tuivasa. Spoiler alert. Ty will be our guest later in the week.
1: Yes, another Aussie. And I feel like... Uh, i am actually got to look up Augusto Sakai's record because he's on a two-fight losing streak because he lost to Rosenstruck and Overeem. I'm picking Tai Ivasa. The Aussie's got the power right now. Yep. You know, you just had George Stambosis. You know, Volkanovski's a champion. Uh, tai Ivassa. And then and Tai Ivasa knocked out Greg Hardy. So how could I bet against somebody who knocked out Greg Hardy? So I'm going with Tai Ivassa by stoppage.
2: Oh yeah, this not going to the not going to the judges. Nah, Ty doesn't play that. So Ty to Ivasa, and I want to see the man take a shoey. So I always pick Ty to Ivasa because the shoey is the best celebration in MMA. It's also one of the most disgusting. so it's gross. Sometimes a man gotta do what a man gotta do. You
1: ain't gotta do that.
2: It's I would rather take a shoey than eat food from a kitchen where people have cats.
1: I just will starve and die.
2: Where <laughs> Can't go neither
1: yeah.
2: um, Next up Pedro Munoz Versus Dominic Cruz The co-main preliminary fight It's crazy um, Dominic Cruz loses again I don't know what Dominic Cruz has It's uh, time to go away
1: I'm picking Dominic Cruz Pedro Munoz is 1-3 in three in his last four fights He lost to Aldo uh, He he, had, he lost to Frankie Edgar Which clearly now we look at Frankie We're like mm, I don't know what you got left Yeah I'm picking Dominic Cruz hey, and-
2: Jimmy Rivera Yeah, but Jimmy's
1: kind of washed up. The thing about Dominic Cruz is the injuries have actually helped extend his career because he doesn't have that much mileage on his body. And I think he's slower, which is true, but I think he'll do enough between his striking, his footwork, and his wrestling to get by Munoz. Munoz is a good fighter, but I'm picking Dominic Cruz. And I think Dominic Cruz is also going to feel disrespected that he's not the feature prelim, which is kind of crazy to me.
2: That's fair. I mean, Cruz beat Faber, beat Dillashaw, went away forever, came back, lost to Cejudo, which no shame in that, and then beat Casey Kenny. Yeah. And then, I mean, three round fight does favor Dominic Cruz. Yeah. It's hard to figure out that style in three round fight, and he could usually land a takedown to take two of those rounds with a takedown. Yeah, and even if you so, go back
1: to the Cejudo fight, like it wasn't like Dominic Cruz was fighting a bad fight and got blitzed. He got caught. And he kind of popped up. He got caught. Remember, he popped up and he protested the stoppage immediately. Um, Dominic Cruz still has something left. I, I don't think. Pe- I'm not saying Pedro Munoz doesn't. I just think Dominic is still. He's still a very good fighter, and
2: I think he wins this fight.
1: It sets up some interesting. Yeah. Opportunities We're here versus
2: time. again, we'll push for that Aldo fight because that'd be an amazing fight to see where they both are. And then Josh Emmett versus Dan uh, Edge. I mean, the damage, man. You like
1: you going with Josh Emmett?
2: Oh, not the, no, not the damage. But Josh Emmett, the second worst tattoo, um, in MMA. <laughs> Sorry, uh, uh, Josh Emmett. Yeah, with the highlighter tattoo on the sleeve. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Josh Emmett. Oh, Shane Burgos was the last fight. Remember that one? Michael Josh Johnson before then. Three fight winning streak. Let's get it. It's a tough fight for me to pick. Um, Last lost to Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, I forgot he lost to Jeremy Stevens. Yo. Jeremy Stevens was a thing once upon a time. Yes, who the fuck is that guy?
1: Little Heathen went on a tear at some point, like most fighters do. Uh, it's a tough fight to pick. Ige is pretty good. Emmett's pretty good. Emmett has dynamite in his hands. This fight's not going the distance because I said that it probably will. Uh, but I'm going to pick Josh Emmett to close this out. With a stoppage, I think there'll be some kind of firefight that breaks out because E. G. likes to strike as well. Edmund is known; Edmund's power is underrated in this division, so I think he finds a way to stop him. Uh, so that's what happens in the feature prelim.
2: Boom. Main card time. Trying to look it up right now. Um, Rulian Payava versus Sean O'Malley. You know another own. showcase for look. the Sugar Show. The Sugar Show opens the show for a reason. Like this is the they're booking him like a boxer. Exactly. By the way. <laughs>
1: they're like they're booking he's him. he's not
2: on the usual MMA plan. No,
1: they're not they're not moving along. Like he he fought Cheeto Vera. That was almost two years ago when he mm-hmm. got hurt. And Cheeto Vera, who just beat Frankie Edgar, who was a ranked fighter, and Sean lost that fight, but you know, he was in the fight until he got hurt. Since then, he's just fighting guys now. And he's not losing this fight to open the card. He wasn't booked to lose this fight. This is not, I'm not saying it's nope. a squash match. But this is like when you watch, like, when you watch SmackDown and Big E wrestles Austin Theory, there's no way that they booked this fight, this match for E to lose. This is what they're doing with O'Malley. You have him open the card. You get them a little pay-per-view buys in. The Sugar Show does the Sugar Show things, and he stops him. He's going to knock him out.
2: Yeah. The crossover, the jump shot, Yeah, he's, he all him. that in the middle of fighting. And, yeah, so he's definitely a knockout there. Um, Kai Car France versus Cody Garbrandt.
1: What a weird career Cody Gar- Garbrandt's had. He's only thirty. I know. And it's like it feels like he's peaked. He's had his valleys. Like he went out there and he uh, he destroyed Rafaela Sunchild with the the buzzer beater of a right hook. I can't figure Cody Garbrandt out. Cody Garbrandt's one of those guys. I I, I compared it to Teofimo Lopez. Got too much too soon. Thought he could just blow yeah. everybody out and never made those proper adjustments. And then realize, like, well, shit, I have to learn how to be a more complete fighter. You spent your whole life trying to beat, yeah. you know, uh, Dominic Cruz. You beat him. And then it, then you were like, oh, I, don't, I can beat everybody like this, but you can't. That no. being said, Car, Kai Car France is a good fighter, but I think, I think Cody's going to knock him out. I'm picking Cody by
2: stoppage. Yeah, if Cody's who he's supposed to be still, yeah, why not? I mean, the loss to Rob Font was kind of weird. Dude, he got completely like, kind of outclassed by Rob Font. Class. Like, he got completely like, like, – I didn't see
1: that coming. He got completely outclassed. No. But but Kaikara France is
2: not a striker. And then now flyweight. Yeah. Well, yeah, and flyweight now makes all the difference. Yeah, that power down a division
1: should carry could be scary. If he's cutting right, he'll be fine, and he'll, he'll stop Kaikara France.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'll take Cody by knockout, too, because Cody by decision is a little weird. Yeah, I don't know. And then Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. I'm not picking against Ponzinibbio. Neither. <laughs> one of the best, one of the funnest guys to watch in MMA. Yeah, Ponzinibio. So yeah, a give fight. me that by decision.
1: Um, Jeff Neal feels like there's something missing in his game, and I can't quite figure out what it is. He looks like a guy who could have been on the verge for a while, but he, he hasn't put mm-hmm. it all together. Now Ponzinibio got knocked out by Lee Gil Young um, two fights ago, but yet and still he's looked really, really good. <laughs> In the fights he's been in, this should be a good fight. This might go to a decision. Uh, Jeff Neal's going to have to use his wrestling. I don't know if it would be smart for him to stand and bang with him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm picking Ponza Nibbio as well. I, I like Jeff Neal, but it just feels like, man, when I keep watching him, something ain't clicking. It ain't clicking, dog. I don't know what it is. But Ponza Nibbio.
2: Jeff Neal lost to Wonderboy. Which is, that's all. Okay. Uh, he was on a run. Then he was. The loss to Wonderboy, yeah, got outpointed. And then the Neil Magny loss was odd.
1: Well, Neil Magnus, he is your litmus test, right? Like, how good are you fighting Neil Magnus? Because he's, he's durable. Yeah. He's long. He's he, a good
2: gatekeeper. Yeah. And
1: he does everything well.
2: In the best of ways. Yeah. yeah.
1: He's a jack of all trades, a master of none. The man can grapple, strike. He's got a good chin, but he's not great at any of these things. But he's good enough to give a, 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 a novice hell. And that's what he did to Jeff Neal. He made him look like a novice in that fight. So I'm picking Ponza Nibio. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Jeff has evolved. Those two back-to-back losses hurt. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Ponce and Nibio.
2: Now the co-main. Amanda Nunez by Death, Murder, Kill. Why does she have to be the co-main? Because this like you' all see the die. time.
1: Listen, man, I've been trying to figure this out for years. I, I think I, call, I said this on a, a show a while ago. She's only headlined, like, two or three pay-per-views. She fought Cyborg as a co-main event.
2: Right? Yeah. One was by default because what? John Jones fell out of the fight, I think. And then DC had to drop down, fight Anderson Silva. That was 200. And then she was only title match. So they had it. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar, I'm surprised they didn't put him above her, but they couldn't because it was like a return
1: fight. They put the the title match. She she beat up Misha Tate. But uh, since then, like the only other fight, there was a Shevchenko fight, which had a terrible undercard that she headlined. Yeah. Amanda Nunez is not just the women, the two division champion. She's the best female fighter in the world and arguably top five or three pound for pound, regardless of gender. And she's still yep. co main eventing fights. This is wild to me. And Juliana Pena has done what she could to sell this fight. She's going to get hammered, she's going to get stopped. Oh, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, why isn't Amanda Nunez headlining a card? And give me, like, Amanda Nunez before Masvidal got hurt and they pulled out of that fight with Leon Edwards. I'd have been fine with Amanda Nunez headlining a card. And you put Masvidal as a co-main. That would have made sense to me. Yep. Like to, be, to keep it real, Amanda should come out of this completely unscathed, right? She should just dog Juliana Pena. Book Amanda Nunez versus whoever you want, and then your co-main event could be Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. That card will sell. Amanda yeah. has deserved the right to headline a card with a strong enough co-main
2: to sell pay-per-views. Give that girl a chance. That's what it is. She just needs the strong co-main, but there's no shame in that.
1: No, nah, but, but most people do. Like, this card isn't going to sell well. Let's just keep it funky. Poirier is going to, he'll bring some, but this is not going to be the usual, like, big UFC, like, heavyweight card, whatever. This is an okay card. Amanda, it, it's, they're barely even talking about her heading to this fight. She's the best in the world.
2: Yeah. Stupid. Damn shame. It's gone completely under radar. But, yeah, I agree. Amanda Nunez, first round knockout?
1: First and second, she's going to dog her. Juliana's going to try to wrestle her. Yep. So that's the only chance she really has. Julian can't stand in front of her. She's going to no, try to test Juliana's
2: her. Juliana's going to come in and walk into something.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, but if not, and, uh, I think they all underestimate how strong Amanda Nunez is. So if Julian wants to grapple or try to take her down, she's going to be here for a hell of a night. They also forget that Amanda Nunez is a fucking jujitsu black belt. Like, she's not here to play the games with y'all. Of course, she wants to mush her face in. If you want to grapple, she could do that too. But I don't think she's going to play. I think she's going to stuff a takedown, shrug her off, and then ground and pound her to hell. There's Somewhere in that fight, that's what the sequence is going to happen.
2: I agree. I I think she just knocks her out on the feet. But yeah, still, crazy. And then Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier in the main event. Boy. I just think it's time for the diamond to take the belt. Like, Poirier reminds me. Or excuse me, uh, Oliveira reminds me a lot of when Ferguson was on his run. It's just like not that Olivera is a bad fighter by any means. I think Justin just rounded into himself and and this is the time for Dustin to be a legit champ, not uh, you know, interim champ, not a guy who in a way he failed against Habib, all that stuff like nah. I think he's rounded into perfect form, perfect time. It's his division. Go get the belt.
1: This is a tough fight to pick. Uh, I'm trying to find, because I, I just recently did buy the numbers for this, and I found a couple of really interesting stats. And I, I'm going to look for it, but I'm going to talk through this fight. The, the way that Charles Oliveira has come on has been fascinating, because he went from a guy who was a barely 500 fighter to going to this savage run where he stopped eight of his last nine opponents. The only person he didn't stop was Tony Ferguson, but he completely dominated him from front, front to back. He knocked out Michael Chandler, which none of us saw coming. We thought submission. Yep. Right. But here's all right. I pulled it up. Here's a few interesting things about Charles Oliveira. He's a, he's number one all time in finishes in the UFC. Period. History. History. Number one. Shit. He's also number one all time in submissions. <laughs> number one. All time. Charles Oliveira and, and Dustin Poirier came into the uh, UFC before they were of legal drinking age. Both of them were super young. They both were, had high expectations. Oliveira faltered. He, went, he started off like 2-0, and then he went like 5-6 or something wild like that. Poirier was on a, that nice little surge, and then he ran into this little Irishman named Conor McGregor who knocked him in the next week, right? Changed their paths forever. Both of them said, ah, uh, yeah, we need to move up to lightweight, right? They both go up to lightweight, Alvarez flounders for a bit. Poirier, he gets knocked out by. He leaves after getting knocked out by Michael Johnson. Or did that happen while he was lightweight? Whatever. it had, Everything changed after the Michael Johnson knocked out for Dustin Poirier. He beats Justin Gaethje. He beats Eddie Alvarez. He beats Conor McGregor twice. Yep. Like, the run that Dustin Poirier is on is stupid. He beats Max Holloway, who's... Twice. He's beating Max Holloway twice. But he, he's beating everybody. Now, Poirier... His fifth all-time in UFC wins. Like, this is crazy. 13 years, 75 fights between them, and they never fought until now.
2: That's – like, this is crazy. Crazy. Here, here's another one for you. His run, Poirier's run, Anthony Pettis in there as well. Jim Miller was his last, like, normal fight. Right. Because then after that, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, uh, Max Holloway, like you said, only, Dan Hooker.
1: Yeah, the, Dan, and Dan is the only non-champion out of that bunch, and they had a fight of the year. Everybody else has held a title in the UFC. Gaethje had the interim title. Max Holloway's featherweight cha- championship. He's he's mowed down everybody. Here's a, here's yeah. a, here's the fun part. Dustin Poirier has finished seventy five percent of his opponents. Seventy five percent of his opponents have been finished. You know what Charles Oliveira's uh, percentage of uh, finish percentage is?
2: 90. Has to be higher than that. 90.
1: 90. (sighs) Between the two of them, only 17% of their fights have gone to the judge's scorecard. That's absurd. This, This fight is not going the distance. It's absolutely not going the distance. The problem is for Poirier, can you stay out of Charles Oliveira's grasp for 25 minutes? Because if he wraps you up, this ain't like when Chang Sung Jung submitted you. This is the most prolific mm. finisher in UFC history, which sounds ridiculous when you say it at first and you're like, nah, shouldn't that be? And you pick a name. No, it's Charles Oliveira. Yeah. It is Charles Oliveira. He finishes everybody. He, it's do or die for Oliveira. He either he finishes or he gets finished. And he almost got finished by Michael Chandler, but he collected himself, yeah. punched him out. Crazy. I'm having a really hard time picking this fight. Because for the first, when the fight was first announced, I picked Poirier. In the middle weeks, I picked Oliveira. And now I'm going back and forth because I, I can't figure this out. They're both on these incredible runs. Dustin Poirier has only lost to Khabib. So you just throw yeah, that one out the recently. window. Everybody loses to Khabib. It's like when Canelo lost to Floyd, it's like, all right, whatever. You lost to Floyd. You're the best fighter in the world. Yep. Yeah. But Charles doesn't have the resume that Poirier has. That is my only clear argument to picking Dustin Poirier. But Poirier, what he hasn't done is fought a jiu-jitsu practitioner as good as Charles Oliveira. Gaethje, Alvarez, Hooker, these are all strikers. Connor, all strikers. Doesn't have a hard time with any of those because he knows what they're going to do.
2: No. Nah. Had a hard time with a grappler, but again, that's a beat. Right. But, yeah, the different style is still like one of the things where you look at it and be like, okay, someone gave him a different look and it was tough.
1: Yeah, so right now, I'm picking Charles Oliveira by stoppage. I think he's going to submit him. Wow. Because Dustin has – Poirier knocks him out. I, I can see it. I'm, I've been going back and forth. My, my, my line of thinking is, is that Poirier hasn't fought a prolific grappler in forever. He's prepared for striker after striker after striker, hooker. The last prolific grappler he fought other than Khabib and got destroyed was Jim Miller. But Jim Miller's not on the yeah. same level as Charles Oliveira. So no. you could be totally right. Charles could walk into one. Poirier's a great strike. He's a volume puncher. He's not a one punch finisher. He can get him out of there. But I think Charles Oliveira's just got something special right now where it reminds me of Robbie Lawler and his streak.
2: And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Charles Oliveira. Oliveira right. Yeah, I think Oliveira, to get him down to submit him, you got to rock him in terms of rocking Dustin Poirier. Because Oliveira's not going to drag him to the cage, pull him down. He's not going to shoot for a double or a single, get him to the ground. That's not what he does. He rocks you or you shoot on him and then you end up getting him on the ground and you're in a world of hurt. Like, I don't see Dustin shooting on him either. So it's one of those things where it's like he has to rock Dustin, get him to the ground, and then wrap him up in something. And I think if that's the case, Dustin's going to rock him first. I don't think it's that. Like Charles It's the same thing with Michael Chandler, though and it was a whole different world.
1: Yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> you know, with with uh, with Oliveira, he uses a lot of, you know, clinch single leg trips, he uses his weight, he uses techniques, he uses the cage to pull you off the cage. Um, he he doesn't have a powerful like double leg. But the thing is, the other other issue is like even if Poirier hurts Oliveira, there's going to be a moment where he's going to pause and be like, I don't want to follow him to the ground. Yep. <laughs> so oh, it, yeah, make him get back up. Right. So the thing with Poirier stopping opponents is that he uses volume. He doesn't knock you out one punch. He has to hammer you with a bunch of punches. Look at the McGregor fights. He didn't finish Hooker. That was a fight of the year, and they beat the hell out of each other for 25 minutes. He's not a big puncher. So if he hits you and he connects you and you go down, if you have any of your wits about you, you can try to wrap him up. Now, you're not smart like Connor, who has no grappling. He's just going to eat punches. But if you're Oliveira and you have just a little bit of wit about you, and if you're Poirier and you know that this guy is – as great as a finisher, like I just said, the all-time leader in submissions and finishes in the UFC, instinct will kick in for a second. But all all fighters know when they fight jujitsu guys, like I don't want to just follow him to the ground. Hey, no. And if he doesn't do that, I mean, you got to roll the dice. But Alvarez has more ways to win this fight.
2: Exactly, like with Chandler. Chandler's like, I'm not going to the ground. I'll just wait. Alvarez shook the cobwebs off. The next thing you know, he came back and finished Chandler. He punched him in the face. He was like, all right, what's up? Yeah, because it's the reluctance of going to the ground to finish him. That, that's where you would with someone else. Yep. And then he was like, I'm not following down there. So when Olivera was like wrapped up, Olivera, only thing he had to do was pull guard. That's Chandler was like, no, nah, I'm good. Clear his mind. Get back up. Went to the next round. Stopped Chandler. And so, yeah, you can't follow, you that can't follow him down. It's crazy. Like, I yeah. have
1: struggled with this so you fight. Gotta,
2: you got to knock him out against the cage while he's somewhat still standing.
1: Yeah. I, I just yep. – right today, I don't know if I, I – I, today, I'm not picking Poirier to do that. And I might stick with this all the way or through. Or you Zeta.
2: do what Anthony Pettis did, which he went for a guillotine, and I think he submitted him. Rocked him. Yeah. Guillotined him up around the cage. Didn't let him get to his back. He was just like – I would just put him back against the cage and guillotine him. Look, I want
1: to go off the the path real quick before I go home because you made this – you said this in the group chat because Sergio Pettis just beat uh, Horiguchi (laughs) with the the most ridiculous spinning backfist I've ever seen from a guy who (laughs) knocks out nobody. And then you asked – My
2: team landed punches in four rounds. You asked if Sergio Pettis
1: was better than Anthony, and that was the most absurd thing that
2: you could have possibly said. (laughs) He's now the best Pettis. No,
1: Anthony Pettis – (laughs) And, like, you just pointed out, nobody was submitting. There was two people that Pettis submitted that nobody was submitting. Benson Henderson, Charles Oliveira. He submitted both. Pettis, like, we don't put enough respect on Pettis' name because he did the Roy Jones just kept fighting and was losing to the wrong people. And we were like, ah, maybe he's not that good. But peak Pettis was undeniable. Different level. So somebody tried to say that. It was like, ah, well, you know, Charles Oliveira got uh, submitted by Anthony Pettis. Yo, nobody was beating Anthony Pettis at the time. The motherfucker was
2: on a Wheaties box. You weren't yeah. beating Anthony no, Pettis at troubled. that time. Like, Pete peak, peak Pettis was a different level. Yo, they, remember him and Aldo was supposed to fight. It fell off
1: quick. Yeah, when you, yeah. you hit the wall and the, the, the wall hits back and you don't... It's just what I said about Aldo. And you don't figure it out. You don't fight at your same pace. You can't show Tom Kick anymore.
2: You know, throw some leg kicks. Figure but something even out. even then, he fucking Superman Wonder Wonderboy <laughs> into a different dimension. He still got it. So, But that, but that being said... <laughs> Dustin Poirier is not as good as
1: Anthony Pettis was at his peak. I don't see Poirier submitting Charles Oliveira.
2: I don't see any scenario. You don't think Dustin has reached that level. No. I, in terms I mean, of Pettis was really high at his peak, yeah, uh, but I mean talent? Dustin Mm-mm. is really rolling into his peak. No, he's uh, no. Don't get me wrong. He's really good,
1: but I think in pure like yeah. when we talk pure talent and being able to do things nobody else can do. There was really truly very few like Anthony Pettis.
2: I understand. And that's what the eye test a lot. I get it. Poirier's record in their peaks, if this is their peaks, Poirier's record is better than the record okay. that Pettis had at that point. Look, look, say it again. This past six fights is better than any six fight stretch. I, I think I'd say he went on Pettis has ever gone on. If, if Poirier's he, last six fights are better than any stretch.
1: If you give me peak Pettis against peak Dustin Poirier, I'm picking Anthony Pettis. Because, like, yeah, the division is completely that's different. It's an eyeball test. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. The complete, but yeah. you got to remember, like, Pettis at WEC, when he beat Benson Henderson, when he beat Donald Cerrone, like, like, Pettis was mowing people down. He ran into Rafael Dos Anjos, who was a buzzsaw at the time. But prior yeah. to that, he beat Gilbert Melendez when Gilbert was unstoppable as former strike force champion.
2: But One it was, of my first uh, UFC fights it, that
1: You just look at what Poirier was able to do in that cage, the Showtime kick. I mean, it was a highlight forever. The man jumped off the fence, kicked somebody in the face. Kicked Benson Henderson, who had his <laughs> arms way down here because who thought he's going to get kicked in the face? I would pick Pete Pettis over Pete Poirier. Poirier's on a fantastic run, but again, I'm pointing out that same thing. He's only fought strikers. He has not fought grapplers. And now he's stepping into the cage one. If he beats him, then you're right. If he knocks out Oliveira, no problem, then you're right. But right now, because he hasn't seen one, I'm picking Charles Oliveira.
2: Interesting. It's going to be one hell of a fight fight of the weekend. I'm sad that I'll be in New York that weekend, yeah, but, you know, work is work. Yeah, you'll be there. So enjoy that. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this show. Tons of boxing to talk about because, of course, we had Devin Haney and um, we have Javante while we're recording this. So Wednesday show is going to be packed with that. We have Tai Ivasa also on the end of that show um, to throw a little MMA sprinkle on top of that show. So that's going to be really fun. We appreciate you guys for listening today. Though, make sure you guys go out, get yourself a Seven Up cake, treat yourself. <laughs> Don't cheat yourself. Have a good, <laughs> have a good enter enter your weekend or start to your week. Whenever you're listening to this, we appreciate you. But now, I want to thank everyone at Blue Wire. I'm not in studio, but shout out to everyone at Blue Wire Studios. Shout out to Adam, <laughs> Adam Cole, producer Cole, baby, for holding it down. Antoine in the booth with him, which I still haven't found anything clever to say about Antoine. But you are appreciated in your own right, my man. We're going to figure something out there. Uh, we're open to suggestions. In the meantime, follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Stay safe. Stay Rona-free. Shit's getting crazy out here again. Make sure everyone around you is safe so we can enjoy these holidays and enjoy all of this combat sports coming up. Until Wednesday, though, we're out. Peace. Peace.